0: got to get it. You have to. I, I, I'm buying everything because I'm a hype piece, you know. limited, bro. These are actually pretty fire, bro. And I'm the youngest flexor in the game. This is the N-Hype Podcast. Don't believe the hype. Where Callie Keen talks entrepreneurship, manufacturing, marketing, and everything to dominate the physical product business. In the hype. Make the future and let's get into the show. All right, Callie Keen here. I'm bringing you the information to transform your product idea into business reality. This is the End Hype Podcast. So if you follow me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever, you've probably heard me talk a little bit about funding, about funding through innovation challenges. And, you know, honestly, if you don't follow me on those channels, like, why not? I'm, uh, I'm giving away gold here, right? <laughs> so, Look below, I'll put, I'll put my social links down, but I'm posting small videos pretty much every day, posting little articles, putting out information that, uh, that we'll be going into pretty deeply here today, but you know, about opportunities to get funded, programs to connect you with customers, prototyping tricks, manufacturing tips, everything that's around creating a physical product from that idea all the way to scale to market. We're talking about it. End hype. This is this is it. So today, what I really want to do is I want to take that deep dive into these programs. I keep mentioning them, but uh, even friends are a little reluctant to go in, get that information. Maybe it's a fragile ego thing. You know, they're thinking like, oh... You know, I'm good, but then people are going to find out that I'm not good enough. You know, maybe it's like they don't feel like it's not worth it. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say no to 100K. I wouldn't say no to a million, but I I don't know what it is. But the people that have taken advantage of this have have really had a lot of success. So I want to just take the time and walk through some objections, walk through the background of why this works, walk through the background of why the hell people put on these events and give away this money but uh, listen listen to the whole podcast. Listen to the end. I'm going to give away some resources, including a resource guide with a list of about 50 of these programs that are current. This will show you where they're listed, where they live, what kind of companies are looking for this innovation, and it'll it'll blow your mind. It's from housewares to defense, so it's like from spatulas to space. I mean, it's crazy. It's like uh maybe you're more familiar with darpa and like scientific grants and nasa programs or maybe you're more familiar with you know consumer packaged goods you're making something for the home there's really there's a lot of space in between but i'm putting that together and i'm going to have a download for you if you're subscribed to my newsletter you go to redbluecollective.com subscribe i'm going to be pushing that out as well but uh If not, there'll be a subscription link in the comments. Sign up, and you'll get that resource guide. So I think that's really cool. But uh, first things first, what is an innovation challenge? So I'll I'll admit one thing is this is kind of an umbrella term. It's a term that Red Blue Collectives come up with because there's a lot of different flavors of these programs. Sometimes they're like bigger, multi-tiered pitch events. Sometimes they're open calls for innovation where a company like Procter & Gamble or Johnson & Johnson say, hey, we're buying new cool ideas that look like this. There are a lot of different flavors of them, but essentially what it all boils down to is a large organization. They're looking for R&D. They have the money and the time to organize this event, but probably not the the resources to go after those new niches, to be at the cutting edge, to really know what people want because they're so big, you know. But um, they're really across every industry and across every demographic. So if you have a specific background, uh, experience-wise, personal interest-wise, there's probably one of these programs that fits you specifically. And we'll get into this later, but it's always easier to win if you can connect with who this is for, if you can be authentic, right? You actually care about the customer. It's like the cheat mode for life, actually caring. Um, why would a company sponsor this? This is the biggest objection that I hear over and over again. They're like, Callie, you're like you're like Matthew Lesko in the 90s. It's like free government money. You know, the guy with the question mark suit guy. I love him. He's this is awesome. And it is a little bit like that, but... This is why it works, is because it's mutually beneficial, right? It's not free money. What it is, is big companies, yeah, they have all the resources they need as far as personnel, infrastructure, money, and all that. But um, those are execution resources. They have the ability to execute, like expand a sure thing, do more of what they do. Uh, but those processes and procedures that allow companies to scale and grow also make them a little bit less agile. Uh, a workaround or interesting example of this is uh, Lockheed Martin. that They created a separate division for R&D called Skunk Works. And it's so separate to the point where if you worked at Lockheed and you weren't in Skunk Works, the door's locked, you can't come in. They're not following any processes. They're just spending money. They're inventing the future. Right, And the reason being is because st- with the stability of a big defense contractor like Lockheed, where they do things precisely, perfectly, and they do it at such a big size, like billion-dollar size, executing, making unbelievable technology and making it perfect, it's really hard to also fail fast and make mistakes and have cutting-edge science and just do experiments, right? Those two things... Uh, are seemingly mutually exclusive. It's really hard to combine both cultures, culture of exploration and a culture of execution. So I uh, hope that makes sense. But what uh, what innovation challenges do is it connects the entrepreneurial spirit of uh, us hackers, right? Us uh, people that are trying to get our ideas out there. We're really passionate about a space, Right. We have a really cool idea, but we don't have that execution piece. Well, they have that in spades. They've got that all day long. We don't have that, but we have lots of ideas. We're crazy people, right? And there's a lot of us. So it's crowdsourced ideas where instead of getting one or two ideas a year for a million dollars, hopefully, I doubt they can do anything for a million dollars, they get hundreds of ideas for half a million or a million dollars. So it's a great deal for them. They literally get to look through all those ideas and say, this is the one I believe in. These guys should be a company. I want to be a customer. This is amazing. I want it so badly, I'm going to give them half a million dollars for that just to exist. Not for equity, just for it to exist because I know that's going to make X company more successful. It's an amazing deal for them. And uh, I, I know that that's hard for... Emerging entrepreneurs to understand the scale of money, but when you're talking about a 50 or a hundred billion dollar company, them giving you 10k or 100k or even a million dollars so they can start a new line of business is nothing. it's It's a great deal. So that's kind of why they would sponsor these. that's why they organize them and um, so you'll see on the list we literally have things from kitchen gadgets, open calls for innovation for kitchen gadgets and things that you'd see on TV, to industrial IoT. Uh, if we started to extend this to to the accelerator programs where people are calling for specific verticals, there's all kinds of things, drones, robotics, a lot of food. Uh, ag tech is really big right now. It's growing. Uh, we'll be talking about this next week, but I believe, and this is... This is what I keep going around saying is that startups are dead. The idea of the startup where you build something and it scales really fast and it's kind of like trying to figure it out as we go. I, You can look at Google Trends. The whole trending concept of the startup is kind of like rose up and now it's just, just a normal word and it's kind of lost that passion and that steam. Where people are really growing is understanding building a strong pitch, f- connecting with customers and building real businesses, thank God. So now is definitely the time to build a real revenue-positive business, not a sleep on my couch for two years type situation. That's, uh, that's rough. More power to you if you can sit through that. Um, I'd rather not, me personally. So we see these all over the place, getting back to the point. We see these at the county level. We just had the Loudoun Innovation Challenge. Awesome. Uh, We see these at the federal level where they're run by Department of Energy, by NREL, by big organizations, government organizations trying to achieve some national level interest mission. So from small to big, cross industry, trust me, this isn't like just grant programs where you write huge essays and have tons of reporting. This isn't like, small SBA type things where you win a thousand bucks after going through process after process. This is a better opportunity than that. And I really see it as the short circuiting of that uh, pitfall that people get into where I have an idea, I have a little bit of traction, but now I need money. Now I have a little bit of money. Now I need a customer. Now I need a lot of money. And like, you just keep getting stuck. Everybody just keeps getting stuck. So this is a pathway to build smooth traction, but why the hell do people sign up? I really want to know why the pe- why people don't sign up, and I think it's because of fear or, like we say, fragile ego. Right? Is we we want to think that like we're the hero in our own story, like we're we're cool or whatever. We we want to think positive things about ourselves. Hopefully, we want to think positive things, but uh, I was talking to uh, I was talking to Fred today about this. It's like he's He's uh, one of the biggest winners of these, and we're working with him, and he's won 300K doing these. But he's also lost like four of them. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, it's really hard to lose that first one. I understand you put in 10 hours of effort and you don't win 100K, but you got feedback. You got to talk to the direct customer. You got practice crafting a pitch, understanding the narrative of a business, trying to build traction. You gained... A skill that's the real reason that people should sign up the majority of people sign up because they want the funding the smart people sign up because this gives you unprecedented access to a customer there's you have no business talking to you have no business talking to Dow or Chevron or Exxon or one of these massive companies and them being your first customer they should be your like 50 thousandth customer right after you have Tons of due diligence after you, you've been in the market and you can fill out that form and say, yeah, I've been in business for three years. You can trust me and give me good, good, you know, I'll give you good terms because I have money in the bank. And, you know, here's all my past performance. Instead, you're going, you're cutting right to the meat. You're cutting right to the customer that everybody wishes that they got. So the smart people are saying, oh, my God, look at the people that are associated with this. This judge sits on this board. This person that's sponsoring this does this. I have access to everything I need to build a million-dollar business, to build a seven-figure, eight-figure business. But our uh, our lizard brain looks at that initial pot of money and says, that's what I need to start my business. I need that 100 k You're right. That's right, too. But I really want to know why you think it's a bad idea. Like, why do people – think that it's a bad idea because you're going to see some amazing ones on the list right now. There's one on fish, preserving fish in waterways. There's one on geothermal. Uh, There's, there's just amazing ones. Uh, There was a Louis Vuitton one that just closed. I mean, if you're, if you're into that, you could, you could be hanging out in Paris right now. If you had applied to that one, when I posted it a couple months ago, (laughs) so it really is across the board. But I think uh, we have to get over ourselves, right? Learn to fail and just say, hey, I gained the skill and this experience by participating. I got some feedback, met some people. Maybe you worked with me and we like went through this process and there's no cost to enter them, right? There's no like, there's no penalty. There's nobody keeping score. So you could apply to five of them. There's a new solar one, uh, run by a different organization, so all of my teams that won the solar challenge, I'm about to ask them to go in and double dip. Because this one, they, they just won 50 and now 100K, and then this one's for 250. So it's like, well, I already know these people are winners because they've they've won twice, so we can just win another competition <laughs> that's on the same thing. But uh, that kind of brings me to the uh, the last point of this is why do people win these competitions? So we know why we should enter. I'm unclear why you haven't entered them. Maybe this is the first time you've just heard of it. That's what I'm hoping. But why do people win? Why do people win these things? So when the judges, when the companies are looking at it, why do they pick startup one instead of entrepreneur two? Why do they pick inventor three instead of, you know, X, Y, Z? Like, what makes a winner and what makes a meh entry? So a killer pitch shows knowledge of the customer. It shows a team that can execute, right? And it, it, uh, it shows traction. It shows that, that team has done something for that customer at some level. Right. And then they're able to demonstrate that information, especially in these multi-tiered events where it goes idea and you build a little bit of a business and then you try it out and then you're really pitching to say, here's what I did with that initial winning. You just gave me 5K. I did this with it. You just gave me 50K. I did this with it. And that's why you should win the next tier. That's the way the solar challenge works is they give everybody 50K and then they see what they run with. And then the people that do something great with it, they plant the seed, right? They invest the money. And they come back, that's who gets the 100K. Then you have to know, okay, Callie gave me this plan, this roadmap, and this is what I'm going to do with the 100K. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do X, Y, Z. So that's the way I'm going to win the half a million. But a killer pitch shows that you have real knowledge of a customer, not just some crazy, like, market knowledge. You didn't just download some information from Department of Labor or whatever about the size of your industry. Um, it shows traction that your team could actually do something for those people. You had the ability to reach them, you had the ability to satisfy them, and that if I give you money, if this program gives you money, that you're going to be able to do it at that 10x level, 100x level. So here's what it's not. This is what people don't win, right? Yeah, you can go to websites and you can get these killer, beautiful pitch templates, Absolutely beautiful ones. And um, I've seen people with amazing ones. At the end of the day, you know, this is, this is end hype, right? That's just, it's just window dressing. The meat is in the work, right? But I've seen people with amazing ones. So they each slides like animated and cool. And it's like hand done graphics. And guess what? Thumbs down because it was just window dressing, I've seen people that had something that looked like they were typed up and they had three three lines with five words on each line and, like, a picture of themselves on each slide, and they won. Why? Because it's the opportunity that they're giving the program. They're, you're not building a business that builds a slide deck. You're building a business that makes money that satisfies a customer. So it's not about getting a template from a website and... It's not about filling out the business model canvas or lean canvas or whatever tool that you use for your, you know, your business plan, right? It's not about going to score and getting that business plan and filling it out. It's about doing the work, so you know the answers, so you have the information to fill that pitch deck out correctly, right? So, when when you have Q and A time, you just dominate. Oh, I have the an answer for that. The information that I gave drew them in so they were interested enough where they asked me crazy questions where I could really demonstrate I know this market, I know the answer to this because we've done the work. And people that are able to do this, even with small ideas, they're the ones that win. So what I want to do is over the next couple weeks we'll be picking pieces of those effective pitch templates, uh, the an effective pitch deck, each of the slides or the business model canvas. And we'll talk about those key components. So when you apply, when you download this resource guide and you find that like perfect match and you say, yeah, I think I, I think my idea will fit in there or I think I can come up with, this is even better, I think I can come up with an idea and submit it to this. And that way, I can fund my other idea or that idea is just as good. And I can fund and start a business, right? You will start being able to put those pieces together, but download that resource guide, find something that matches. If you have questions, DM me, we can, uh, we can schedule a call, but this is a massive opportunity. It's just, it's just, uh, I think it's unbelievable. Um, you know for somebody that offers services this is the biggest thing is it's really hard to work work with people that are just starting because if you're running a services business they don't have money for services so offering them packages of information points of direction say hey this is how to get started that's what I'm always trying to do that like host an event have a download have a small course have have a you know, tools where people can get started, point them towards the state-run incubator, Uh, run my own incubator where I can at least get 10 people in a room at the same time, something, so people can get started. And, like, if we're a good fit, fine. We'll we'll do work together later. But it always comes back. You know, doing the right thing is always the right thing. It it has come back for me at an extraordinary level. But these programs are like short circuiting that whole process that might take somebody 2 years it it's getting done in 3 months and 6 months so super excited about them but if you have questions dm me let's let's chat but this has been end hype get excited about innovation challenges about pitching innovation challenges building an actual real business. Thank you for listening to the In Hype Podcast. Follow Callie on social at Callie Keen to stay up to date with a bunch of free content and information. Change your life and change the world. End Hype.